This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. I highly recommend this piece from Andrew Sullivan in New York Magazine over the weekend. The Abyss of Hate versus Hate. Now, you have to get through some of the perfunctory Trump hate uh, from Andrew Sullivan that punctuates even the, the very good pieces that he writes. So, But focus here, because it's on Covington. And from Andrew Sullivan's perspective, it's a rather remarkable piece. Andrew Sullivan being, you know, left. He writes, what was so depressing to me about the Covington incident was how so many liberals felt comfortable taking a random teenager and purely because of his race and gender projected onto him all their resentment and hatred of white men in general. Here is, and this is what will inevitably happen once you've redefined racism or sexism to mean prejudice plus power. It's reasonable to note the social context of bigotry and see shades of gray in which the powerful should indeed be more aware of how their racial or gender prejudice can hurt others and the powerless given some slack. But if that leads you to ignore or downplay the nastiest adult bigotry imaginable and to focus on a teen boy's silent face as the real manifestation of evil, you are well on your way to creating a new racism that mirrors aspects of the old. This is the abyss of hate versus hate, tribe versus tribe. This is a moment when we can look at ourselves in the mirror of social media and see what we've become. He points out that uh, tyranny is not just political, but psychological. It infects the soul of the entire body politic. It destroys good people. It slowly strangles liberal democracy. This is the ongoing extinction level event. John Covington. And uh, Bill Maher. Over the weekend, politically incorrect, provided a good example of exactly the hate, the new racial order the left is uh, attempting to institute psychologically and culturally. I don't blame the kid, the smirking kid. I blame lead poisoning <laughs> and bad parenting. And oh, yeah, I blame that fucking kid. What a little <laughs> smirk face. Smirk face says, please. Like, that's not a move at any age to stick your face in this elderly man's... And this smirking kid says he was just trying to diffuse the situation by... Really? You know what? Next time you get into a fight with your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, uh, try that. Try... <laughs> try getting two inches from their face with a eating grin and see if it diffuses the situation. <laughs> yes? <laughs> If you ask me, this kid should have done what everyone does during a drum solo. Leave. <laughs> but, really, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time, I must tell you, around Catholic school children. <laughs> but I do not get what Catholic priests see in these kids. Uh, uh, I mean, well, did, did he's picking, does he know he's picking on a, a child, like teenage boy? Does he even know the whole situation? I wonder if you watched any of the video. Hilarious. Applause worthy. It's happening at the granular level, too. 
man escorted out of Colorado school board, school board meeting Thursday for naming a teacher who called the wrong Covington Catholic boy, as a wrong versus right, but the wrong Covington Catholic boy, meaning not Nick Sandman, part of the, quote, Hitler youth, unquote. And she subsequently deleted her Twitter account. Uh, this uh, parent at this uh, Douglas County school board meeting in Colorado, a little concerned about what was going on in the classroom when you have teachers uh, characterizing people on social media, characterizing kids on social media as members of the Hitler Youth. Uh, C.S. Lewis sort of tackles this topic in Mere Christianity. He uh, offers this. Suppose one reads a story of filthy atrocities in the paper. Then suppose that something turns up suggesting that the story might not quite be true or not quite so bad as it was made out. Is one's first feeling, thank God, even they aren't quite so bad as that? Or is it a feeling of disappointment and even a determination to cling to the first story for the sheer pleasure of thinking your enemies as bad as possible? If it is the second, then it is, I'm afraid, the first step in a process which, if followed to the end, will make us into devils. You see, one is beginning to wish that black was a little blacker. If we give that wish, that wish its head, later on we shall wish to see gray as black and then to see white itself as black. Finally, we shall insist on seeing everything, God, our friends, ourselves included, as bad and not be able to stop doing it. We shall be fixed forever in a universe of pure hatred. Tell me, C.S. Lewis's words don't ring true in our culture today. Uh, exhibit one, Bill Maher. Exhibit two, those still clinging to the first story on Covington. For more on this topic and others, we're pleased to be joined by John Fun, who's a columnist for National Review, nationalreview.com. John, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. A pleasure. That's heavy reading. Yeah, wow. well, um, it's a heavy topic, uh, what's happening in our culture and the response, including, and we had uh, your uh, editor-in-chief there, Rich Lowry, on the show uh, last week, Monday, right after this happened, and uh, hit he discussed his mea culpa and National Review getting out in front of this uh, before everything was uh, fully contextualized. And uh, I mean, if 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 there's something more important than this as it pertains to culture, then I'm not sure what it is. Well, I'll tell you a latest example, which disturbs me because I'm writing a book right now on citizenship and how we're devaluing it, not paying attention to it, not teaching civics in school. Tom Brokaw, the former anchor of NBC Nightly News, was on Meet the Press yesterday. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you know, we really do have to um, diffuse tensions in this country, and everybody has to do their part. Uh, we have to have greater sensitivity to minorities. Uh, the Hispanic community has to assimilate more, not, you know, stay, not, not follow groups that want them to stay together and, and isolated from the rest of society, they have to learn English. I mean, it was very anodyne stuff. And the left wing, led by Joaquin Castro, the former Obama housing secretary, and um, various pressure groups got to him, said he was being insensitive, said he was being prejudicial, and he immediately caved and started apologizing everywhere, saying he felt terrible about this. And it just goes to show you can't have any commentary on certain issues in this country without the PC police forcing you to recant and going down to the town square and to avoid ritual burning at the stake, you have to recant. Well, what does it say about our society when you have people in positions of power that are 
ripping on teenagers and, and minors, essentially? Well, it's, what I'm saying is no one is safe. The Covington teenager, Tom Brokaw, no one can act as you normally would in a free society and communicate and talk and engage in politics without the danger that social media, the left-wing media, and everybody else is going to leap on you and crush you and literally turn you into the worst cartoon villain you can imagine and ruin your life. Now, we all live with this in the media. I mean, we're all one swear word away from you know, destroying our jobs. We have to act responsibly. We don't certainly don't want to say anything that's horrible or prejudicial to anyone. But fair cop, Terry, simply standing there while somebody is banging a drum in front of you is depicted as, you know, violence against minorities, disrespect, uh, saying that somebody, a group, an ethnic group that comes to this country, a country of immigration, but it should assimilate. It's what every group in this country ever did. It's just appalling that we no longer have a First Amendment. We have a first right of people to crush anyone they disagree with. Well, and the interesting thing, too, is you've had uh, some people try to provide some context, even center-left, like Sullivan, David Brooks, who I know is supposedly a Republican. I would put him on the center-left. But, uh, but, but, but in the same token, or in the same breath, by the same token, they also do this sort of, you know, the pressures of the social media in the 21st century, the, the pressure reporters are under because of the fast-paced nature of Twitter and uh, everything online, like the uh, sort of value-neutral uh, communication channels are in part to blame for what they've disclosed as to who we are in the 21st century. Well, it's, it is pretty ugly because... Uh, it's open season on people you disagree with now. And we have two power dynamics. Supposedly, anyone who used to exercise inordinate power in this country, whites, males, uh, business people, uh, it's fair game. So prejudice is very selective. Um, those who were previously prejudiced, that we have a dark history with, um, now apparently are being given sanction along with their liberal allies to attack anyone they don't like and to be protected themselves from any kind of criticism or any kind of commentary. Uh, it's a role reversal that is really bizarre, and I understand the ideological motivation for it. What I don't understand is how cowardly so many of us have become in accepting You know how people can be literally in a Lord of the Flies situation, torn apart limb from limb metaphorically, simply from disagreeing with the conventional wisdom, the status quo, um, the prevailing liberal uh, ethos. I um, wanted to get your take on uh, why you think President Trump caved on border wall funding and ended the shutdown. Well, sadly, there's a new book out by a former Trump aide called Vipers in the White House. Uh, this guy, Cliff Sims, I'm not necessarily going to say everything in it is true, but I have to tell you, uh, the president, who likes to portray himself as a great deal maker and an expert businessman, operates, the book is called Team of Vipers, uh, operates a completely chaotic White House. He had the shutdown, I think, without a clearly thought plan. He didn't get game theory it out. Uh, he didn't have his chess moves planned in advance. And I think that the president has got to go back to square one, and I think he's got to find some advisors who are more competent than some of the ones he has 
it would be nice if, for example, he realized that you know, having family members like Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump in the White House is not a good idea because you can't fire your family. And I think he has to go back to square one. He's two years into his administration now, and he should realize he's accomplished a lot. But the chaos in the White House has not gotten better. It's gotten worse, and he's got to address it because otherwise he's going to have fiascos like this over and over again. The, uh, that book you mentioned also really uh, gets after Kellyanne Conway, as sort of being uh, fork-tongued, to say the least, suggesting that she's one of the worst leakers in the White House and uh, and leaks things uh, that uh, uh, leaks things that shouldn't be put out into the ether. The president doesn't want out into uh, the public, but also is very critical of the president when she's talking to members of the D.C. press corps. Well, I, I think it's a little hard to say someone is one of the worst leakers in the White House. Everyone in the White House leaks. Okay. Yeah. Every reporter knows that. To try to single someone out is just ridiculous. The, but the, the president has to accept the fact he hires some really strange people. Amarosa, yeah. um, Roger Stone, yeah. Paul Manafort. I mean, this, I mean, Chris Christie has a book out this week saying, why does the president keep hiring riffraff? He can hire the best. Yeah. So there's something in president, the president's management style that is a real problem. You don't hire characters like this by accident. It seems to happen so often, there has to be a pattern here. Uh, that is a fair point. He is John Fun, columnist for National Review. John, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Listen to podcasts of Dan and Amy from the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile.